Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If you're new to the show, welcome. I appreciate you sitting down and listening or doing whatever the fuck you're doing and listening. I appreciate you listening and joining me on this journey. Thank you so much. If you are not new, how's it going? Thanks again. It's good to see you. Glad you're here. A couple housekeeping things. If you enjoy the podcast, if you are getting value, do me a favor. One, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. And then leave a rating and leave a five-star review. These things really help the podcast. I've uh, had a couple people say, hey, Adam, you know, I love the show. Listen to the podcast. I always say, hey, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you say that to me, I'm now going to ask you, hey, have you left a rating and review? Because if you're listening and you really enjoy the podcast and you're telling me about it, I'm going to assume that you've left a rating and review. So be on the lookout. Be prepared. If you see me, if we talk, you tell me you love the show. Even if you don't, I'm probably going to ask you anyway. So you've been warned. Uh... All right, next. I'm going to be teaching a two-hour steel mace workshop here in St. Louis on February 9th at the Primal Gym. Imposed Will presents Steel Mace. You can go to eventbrite.com, search Imposed Will Steel Mace Workshop, and you will find it. You can get your tickets there. This is a small group. We're keeping it limited to 10 only. So spots are filling up fast. You don't want to wait. This is going to be a fun two hours. Uh, we're going to dive deep into uh, just the foundations and structures of how to use this tool safely and effectively. And we're going to start flowing with it so you can start expressing yourself. I can't wait to connect with everybody and share this tool. I've been working with it for close to a year now, and it is by far one of my favorite ways to train. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So come on out and join us February 9th, 10 to 2 at the Primal Gym here in St. Louis, Missouri. You can get your tickets now. Go to Eventbrite and get your tickets. All right, here we go. I want to talk to you guys about uh, BDNF, Bravo Delta, November Foxtrot. What is BDNF? BDNF means brain-derived neurotrophic factor. In other words, it's basically like growth hormone for your brain. And it's something that we've been learning about through science, or something not we, but something that scientists have been learning about and discovering. And it's uh, exciting stuff. So for those of you that may not know, I, I used to fight professionally. And my daughter was, is also, she's been diagnosed to be on the autism spectrum. And I've said before, I talk to people all the time, that's such a big spectrum. And I'm not saying that she's not on that spectrum. She could very well be, but I'm not the type to just lay down and be a victim and just assume that there's nothing I can do and just take a labeling as like, this is the concrete thing. So for me, okay, what is autism? So it's something develop. There's a developmental delay, or it could be more serious than that, but there's some developmental issues in the brain. So what does that tell me? Okay, well, that's something that we can address. Typically, through uh, 
you know, proper rest and nutrition and just uh, environment and just stress reduction. There are things that we can do to help aid the brain. Now, we've learned that BDNF, this, this growth hormone for the brain, essentially, this growth factor for the brain, it, it helps us grow new brain cells. And there are things that we can do to help it, to help that, to help the body produce this, this, uh, this compound. One of those things being CBD, cannabidol, one of the many compounds found in the cannabis plant. Uh, it's this, this particular compound is an adaptogen. It's, it's been shown to have a whole uh, slew of benefits, um, or there's just a whole wealth of benefits associated with the compound. Now, some of you may be worried because you did hear cannabis. You might be worried, oh, I don't want to lose my job. Don't worry about that. If it's coming from a quality source, you will not have any issues. CBD is a completely separate compound. What they are testing for there is THC, and that is the psychoactive compound of the cannabis plant. Now, CBD has many benefits, but I want to talk specifically again about some of the brain benefits. It does help uh, produce this BDNF, which is then going to produce more brain cells. You can grow brain cells. Take that into account for a second. When I grew up, I was told, you know, once you lose your brain cells, you know, and they die, that's it. There are no more. You don't grow, you don't grow new brain cells. We're learning that that isn't the case. And CBD is one of those things that can help us do that, among a whole other thing. So I like to get my CBD from the folks over at Jumbo Superfoods. They use nothing but premium, high-quality ingredients, usually organic, and... Everything is just top quality. They send everything to a lab so that way they can test the purity and you know exactly what you're getting. They post those results on their website so you can verify that yourself. They have quite a few different products that you can choose from. They have CBD drops. They have CBD pet drops. My favorite, the Muscle Bomb, is amazing. I like to put this on my fingers after jujitsu, on my sore muscles after training. It is amazing. They have it in 100 milligrams and a 200 milligram extra strength with methanol. They also have, um, they also have ghee. They have a grass-fed ghee with MCT oil. They have a lip balm, which I love. It's the bee's knees. So go check them out, jombocbd.com. Use the code IWILL at checkout. You can save 10%. And, uh, and go get your CBD products now. So again, jombocbd.com. Use the code IWILL at checkout and save 10%. All right, now to our guest. I have Mike Lindner. 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 I might be fucking that up. Um, I did this podcast a little bit differently this time. So normally whenever I kick off these things, you know, I hit record and then I'll say the guest name and they know that we're on and we're fucking podcasting. And sometimes I feel like, you know, they get here, we're having good conversation. We'll even put on the headphones, we'll keep talking, we're having good conversation. And then there's like this moment to where they are waiting for me to, or I'm waiting, either way, it's like, all right, I just hit record, like, I'm waiting for you to pause, so that way I can hit record, and now we can start the show, I don't like to do that, so 
I was playing with just, you know, we fucking got going. I had our level set pretty well, and then I just hit record. And he didn't even know. I didn't even tell him. We just kept on with our normal conversation. So I wanted to play with that this time around, and I think I like it. I think I'm digging it. So you'll see. You'll see. Uh, Anyway, I have Mike Lindner. He he came from a recommendation. We talked about it. I had um, a buddy, Matt Madison. He was on an earlier episode i want to say episode 16 i can't remember off the top of my head but he is matt's strength coach and uh you know highly recommended so i've been checking him out on online a little bit on social and been following him since matt put him on my radar so i wanted to sit down with him and talk uh i've been meaning to actually have him on the show for a little bit now but just it's hard to get everybody on the show in a timely fashion when you like, so I got to be patient with these guys, or I got to be patient uh, getting these guys on the show. Um, I have such a huge list, and uh, I think, I don't know if we mentioned that on or off, but I have this huge list of people that I want to get to on the show, and um, it's just taking me some time to get to everybody. So, either way, Mike, he is a strength coach. He is uh, an old-time strong man. We talk about that. Um, he just had a whole wealth of knowledge. He trains jujitsu. Um, he's a barbecue aficionado, so I wanted to jump in with that. Man, I fucking love grilling. I love food, so it was cool to talk to him about just a wealth of. Uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge. It was cool just to talk to him um, about all these just different topics. So I really enjoyed it. I think you guys are going to as well. So enough with my rambling. Let's get to. The conversation. There, it's dude. always fun when I can hear myself talk. Yeah. It almost like kind of makes me want to slow the hell down and really just like pay attention to my words. And then I feel like I'm, I have this weird balance where if I hear myself talk, I have to juggle between slow down and then i sound like i'm talking like i'm you know reading like four-year-olds yeah <laughs> dude i um i'll listen to myself and i'm like dude you just sound terrible right <laughs> i'm like you're mumbling you're like slurring your words because you're talking too fast or whatever the case may be and you're just like everything's blending together oh, so yeah. i always have to like really focus on just like slowing down and right and trying to like communicate <clears throat> clearly there, so. there was one day where i was listening to myself talk and I had just got done listening to uh, Jocko Willing's podcast. Yeah, I love that. And and it was fucked up because at one point I'm sitting here thinking like, I am I inadvertently channeling Jocko when I'm talking because I'm like, you need to be motivated. <laughs> Isn't that hard though? Like, <laughs> you'll hear those guys like Jocko or I listen to like Andy Frizzella's podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, you start to like take those lessons on, and then you start to like live them out, and then so it's like. Is that you or is that them? Bring, bring this up when we start recording here because the, I, I got a funny example and, and I'll, I'll bring that same thing in and it's going to be really relevant with jujitsu that we both do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, dude. I already hit record, bro. Oh, well, heck. All right. <laughs> Keep talking. Well, because what I was going to say is like, uh, you know, it's funny how like sometimes you will inadvertently relay them. Like when you teach something back to somebody or when you're coaching or whenever you're, you know, just trying to impart wisdom that was given to you. Yeah. You sometimes very inadvertently will give it 
to someone else the exact way yeah. that you were taught. So, like, for example, let's say, like, you know, because you're a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, right? Right. So, me, me too. As so, you are. I, yeah, just, so, I, I just looked it up. I was going to say, oh, congrats. Oh, that was, like, last June. <laughs> no, actually, it was, uh, yeah, well, I mean, now it's last June, but, like, before it was like, hey, this June. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Gotta love the turn of the year. Recent right? enough, though, in, ju- in, the, in jiu-jitsu time, yeah. it's super recent. <laughs> exactly. It's like, that was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny, because, like, if I have a guy pull me aside, hey, what was this choke, or whatever, like, there was a Hell, I had a rare chance to train with Saul Ribeiro, like, God, like 10 years ago. There had to even be longer than that. Yeah. And, you know, there are times where, like, I can hear myself, okay, guys. You know, <laughs> like, everybody kind of does. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you hear someone say something, and, like, you'll show a movie exactly the same way. You'll crack the same joke, and it's – you're trying to relate yeah. as you were taught. Right. Because you know it meant something to you, so you, like, want to give that to somebody else. Yeah. And so when you hear, like – you know, these podcasts or these words of wisdom, whether it's like Jocko, where you're like, get after it, get up at 4 a.m. And you're like, you get that real gravelly tone. And you're like, is that really me? Yeah. No, that's not me. I don't talk that way. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> a part of Jocko that now lives inside of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is it, but is it you though? On the same note, like, is it, is that always like a part of you or was that a part of you? And then maybe it was just like unearthed or like discovered that's by, a good question. By Jocko, and then now you just associate it with that person. It's, yeah, there is that because like, they always say that sometimes it takes you multiple times to hear a lesson before it takes hold. Like nobody ever really truly gets something the first time. Like yeah. you've got to yeah. get after it a few times before you finally take hold of it. Yeah, I, I relate that to jujitsu, uh, jujitsu a lot, right? Oh, so yeah. I've been doing jujitsu uh, going on ten years now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's been some breaks in there and whatnot, but I mean, it's been I've been going hot and heavy for I don't know, probably last like five years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are definitely things now, like the, uh, an arm bar, for example. Like, I look at an arm bar now differently than whenever I first learned an arm bar. And, like, sure. I'm learning things about that particular move. Or it's like, it's like oh, like, that now <coughs> clicks. Like, that particular movement just made it so much better. It's like oh, yeah. the small little nuances of the move. Yeah, and it could be, like, a grip that, like, you never really tried before. And you do it, and you're like, oh, wow, I'm catching guys a lot more. Yeah. Like, where did this come from? And it was probably there, you yeah. know, like, you know, our professor JW talks about this. Like sometimes you'll see a move and you kind of put it on the shelf Yeah. and you got to bring it back out and play with it once in a while. I'm like, Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Right. So you have those toys that you have to like, like a kid with all these toys in the, in the, uh, the toy box, pull them out, play with it once in a while. All right, we're going to put that one back or no, this is a new favorite. So. Right. Right. <laughs> now you're a coach. Do you, yes. um, when you started coaching, did you, did you experience like any sort of like, um, uh, imposter syndrome when I, what i mean by that is like it's like you start to realize like you're the expert mm-hmm. and it's like holy shit people are like listening to me like do they know they're just listening to me or and what what was it that i just saw i can't think of what it was but it was um you see this this phenomenon to where it's like you don't have very much experience mm-hmm. and those guys have a shit ton of confidence dude that and they're out yes. there you know what i mean but then yeah. as you gain more experience you kind of lose confidence in yourself and then and then, like, eventually, like, you, you kind of start gaining it again more. Once. Yeah, you know I, actually, what I mean, that was exactly where, I, dude, you just hit my entire coaching career right on the head. It, it's, I spent a couple years, so, so the long story short is, like, I started out just doing personal training part-time. And I still had, like, a corporate job working in healthcare, multiple different places or different positions within certain companies. And personal training and coaching was always a part-time, just kind of when I could. Yeah. Um, there were times, I mean, my first couple clients, man, it was like maybe like three kettlebells and a set of body elastics, elastic yeah. bands you could hook up through a fence or around a tree. I mean, you literally could take this stuff anywhere. And that was kind of the joking name on how, or that was the, 
that right there was in a way how I came up with the name of my first personal training company, which was all around fitness. Okay. And the joke was that I was driving all around Hell's Half Acre to train people. <laughs> and that was before I realized, you know, oh, I could schedule people almost in like a big circle or like, you know, right next to each other. Whereas like I would go to like, you know, I'm out in one part of town here and then I got to drive all the way across for another guy. Crap. I'm not going to have time to get back to the first place I was at for the third uh, guy. Yeah. So I wasn't really good at stacking my schedule. Right. Yeah. Just not very so that's, efficient with yeah, that. I was not efficient at all, which, you know, rookie mistake. Right. Um, but yeah, like I felt really good because I knew with the bands and with the kettlebells, I was, I was really set in that skill set. Right. But you put a barbell in my hand and tell me how to teach someone how to bench press. And I'm like, I, why? Why do you need a bench press? Is that really functional? And I start asking, like, the the kind of, like, elitist ask questions of, like, you know, do you really need the bench press? Yeah. You start getting real dogmatic with what you – Right. And, oh, dude, I, I drank some Kool-Aid hard on that one. And, you know, around that time, you know, as I'm training people, I'm getting great results. They're doing these amazing resistance and kind of metabolic-based workouts. You know, people are getting stronger. They're getting leaner. They're moving better. I started looking into kettlebells, and I went to my first kettlebell certification in 2013. Which cert was that? Uh, that was Strong First. Oh, yeah. yeah I did I did yeah. their uh, uh, SFG Level 1, and then I did the uh, the SFG Level 2 the following April. Nice. So that was a real quick turnaround time, and some people told me it was a little too quick, but at the time, it didn't really bother me because I think when I, decided, when I made the decision that I wanted to do that, I kind of already started prepping myself for Level 2. Yeah. Um, and – the weird thing about it was like for, for people that know about kettlebells, you kind of have – some people will say there's not really two distinct styles, but there really does come down to two different styles. You have what they consider more like a sportive style or gear boy sport, and then you have Pavel Satsaline's hard style. Okay. So, so is the hard style more like just strength geared, and then what is the sport – is that more like CrossFit? No, it's more – Help me understand. If I had to uh, give a persp- uh, an easy kind of high-level overview of it, sport would be more like power efficiency – Okay. Because they're doing 10 – like when they do competitions, you can do a set of snatches for 10 minutes and you're only allowed to switch hands once. Oh, okay. So you've really got to monitor, you know, your power yeah. output, right? Yeah. There's Where the hard style is like – What's that? There's a lot of endurance with that. I oh, imagine. tremendous. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's yeah. that efficiency. You've got to be able to manage that power output right. for that entire time. Absolutely. And so that's like one event. And then you also have like long cycle clean and jerks or you could do the biathlon, which is like you do a set of jerks, 10 minutes, get as many double kettlebell jerks as you can. And then you rest about an hour, and then you go do snatches. Okay. And, and that's your competition for the day. I Obviously, the most reps with whatever weight you're using in your weight class wins. Yeah. Um, and then they have different benchmarks. Like if you can hit this much here, it may not necessarily quote unquote win the contest, but mm-hmm. you can hit certain levels of ranking, like you know level one or it's like four, three, two, one candidate for master sport, master sport, honor. Man. And those have different distinguished titles that go along with that as well. Okay. Um, so. Going back to the question there, you, you know, if gear voice sport is power efficiency, um, hard style would be like maximum power output. So you're like a swing in gear voice sport is really relaxed, really fluid because you're not going for like maximum muscle engagement. You actually want to conserve energy as much as possible. Right. But the f- cool thing is, as you build up time with hundreds and thousands of repetitions, you're moving weights pretty like you're starting to get comfortable with weights that most people are like, oh, my God, that thing is heavy. Right. You know, you know, the, the hard style method is is very max power output i want 10 hard everything is engaged swings as you can yeah and so there's why a lot of those you know a lot of people in hard style will do like sets of like five and ten like ten swings or uh, like any kind of ballistic exercise snatches ten snatches each side 
yeah. rest a little bit, kind of take your time, kind of let the power build back up, and then do it again. Right. Yeah. Well, I know a strong first in Pavel. You know the yeah. whole greasing the groove. It's uh, if you're for strength training, anything, any, uh, anyway. It's nothing over five, and then you know long rest periods. Correct. Yeah. So that that principle goes across all of their their certifications, whether it's the the body weight, the barbell, or the kettlebell one. Yeah. Um, and I actually kind of gravitated. I, well, funny thing is, I started with the gear voice sport, and then I gravitated towards hard style. A lot of people go backwards. Okay. And then you get this is where like you can open up the elitist argument of which one's better or worse. And my argument comes down to, dude, it's it's like jujitsu. Is this academy better than the other one, or are you just getting better? Right. You know, where, when can we say is it is it one better than the other, or is better just better? Right. Who cares? Did you hit your Did you hit the goals that you originally started to? Was your goal to lean out? Was your goal to get stronger? You can't tell me that doing a couple hundred reps of you know jerks with a certain weight of, of belt throughout the course of a week in multiple sessions is not going to get you more comfortable with that. And if you're expanding that zone of what you're comfortable with, you're kind of increasing your strength. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if it's just about you know, in, you know, growing the community mm-hmm. and having people get better and get healthier <clears throat> and get stronger. I right. mean, at the end of the day, like, what's it matter? Yes. What they're, you know, what I mean, like, as long as they're doing it safely and correctly, obviously. Right. But uh, yeah, man, who gives a shit? Where exactly. They're learning I, from? I I thought it was and. and I'll I'll fully out myself. I I drank a lot of very like elitist Kool Aid of you know because I was doing these things here. I thought I was better than a lot of other people, and I was yeah. like trying to critique everybody. And I'm like, you know, some people like yeah. If if it's someone doing something blatantly unsafe, I'll be like, hey, listen, like, can I can I show you something that may help save your back, or can I show you something yeah. to save your shoulder? Just a little trick here, and you kind of learn to be a little bit more polite with how you engage that. Versus like, oh, God, this jerk over here, this asshole. Yeah. Well, dude, the, fucking, <laughs> the, the problem is, dude, that so many people use kettlebells incorrectly. Yes. All over the place. It's rampant. Especially yeah. with – that's why I asked you about sport when I mentioned CrossFit. Because CrossFit does it's, – it's, it's not like a kettlebell swing. It's something different. Yeah, they kind of do their own thing. But I think a lot of their stuff is actually, if I, if I remember right, looking at like, you know, when you think of the American swing, if you watch their posture on it, it's very heavily based in hard style. Yeah. So like a lot of their pressing, a lot of their I don't I don't think I ever see them do kettlebell snatches. I mean, they might. But I just they don't, don't so, I don't pay attention to them that much. Oh, okay. It's not so like, you'll see a lot of guys what they end up doing is I mean, there's there's just so much shoulder, right? They're taking it all the way up over yeah. their head. So I mean, essentially you you take out the the hips at a certain point. And it's not swinging yeah. anymore. You're lifting with that. They're almost doing like a dead snatch, like a dumbbell snatch basically. Yeah, basically all yeah. over their head. Yeah, and they're squatting, you know what I mean? But then you start it's it's like a it's like a lazy hinge with a yeah. squat, so it can just cause you know back issues if you have just gen- sure. general pop doing it. I mean, these athletes are amazing, right? Who right at, who are actually competing at the <clears> high <throat> level, they're able to do that. But if you have like a you know a gin pop person, if you get a brand new grandma coming in off the street, is she gonna? A lot of people get that? fucked up, man. Right, their and back hurt their shoulders. But see, going back to what you were talking about before, like you know, as a coach, do you feel like you know as you gain experience, your confidence kind of goes down? During that time, that's when I'm getting experience working with a lot of people, and then my confidence and what I had previously built up knowledge-wise starts going down. I'm like, oh, shit, man. I'm getting people that I've never worked with before that the book didn't talk about this. Like, I don't know what to do now. So, like, my confidence did dip, but then when I started handling it, I'm like, wait, what's wrong with me? Like, I know what I'm doing. Yes. Um, And actually, there was a certification I went to – God, I want to say it was – was it 2014? It might have been 2014. 2014 or 15. Um, I got an invite to go over to Ireland and, oh, nice. and do a um, – it's it's interesting because they didn't really – I'm not going to say they didn't show me anything I didn't already know, but they kind of touched up and they, they 
polished a few mechanics that really helped optimize different movements. Yeah. And so, like, when we talked about the bench press, the bench press is actually the first thing we focused on on day one, right? And, you know, when they show you the mechanics of how to do it properly, you'll get guys to say, like, hey, who can bench press, you know, you know, 185 or 225? And a couple people raise their hand. They'll ask, like, how many reps? And some guys say, hey, I can do 185 for, like, six reps. Okay, cool. So, you know, the guy would have you warm up and, and do a couple sets, correct the form, and then we load it up. And you say, I just want you to go for a max set. I'm right here. Just pound it out with that new mechanic. And you see, like, you know, go from six reps. You would think, like, maybe eight or ten. No, they're best in, like, 25 reps. Oh, wow. And you're like, dude, this is a substantial increase just with an optimization of a mechanic. Yeah, well, it's so important, right, to have uh, yes. that correct tension on the muscle and be in the right position. Well, and, like, for that in particular, just making sure that all the other, you know, accessories, like, the shoulders are packed. Like, we all know the shoulder is like a ball and socket. So the more you can lock that into place so it drives in one direction versus all over the place. Yes. You feel a little more confident starting to drive – a little bit more into that movement where like, you know what, maybe I do have the confidence to go up there too. Right. Maybe some of that was always a mental thing too. Maybe he just always said like, Hey, my program says never do more than five. So therefore five is my limit. Yeah. Well, belief is a big <laughs> part of it, dude. I mean, Oh yeah. The body would be limited by the mind. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And so. yeah. And so that I've got mentors that I've worked with too, that, uh, you know, I've, I don't know if it's been talked about before, but doing a lot of like the old time strongman arts where you're bending steel with your hands. Yeah, dude, I wanted to talk to you about that. Oh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, like uh, we were talking before, you came highly recommended by Matt Madison, yeah. the former guest on the show. And, um, you know, you do like the old time strongman things. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Before we get there, though, yeah. Dude, what, like, so I've gathered from us talking that mm -hmm. you didn't have like a traditional like weightlifting background. No. It's like you weren't introduced to the barbell. Like, like me, I came up through traditional like high school sports and right. that weight room style was you know barbells you know you know it it was more like i had a like kind of a um you know what's your background man? i it was more like i was just a nerdy kid who kind of like really dug bodybuilding it okay. was one of those things where like you had the arnold book the arnold i had the encyclopedia of a bodybuilder yep. it, like the old i think somewhere i've got like one of the old out of print paperbacks <laughs> somewhere in my library downstairs i've got that and it's probably tucked away there but i was just always fascinated by this culture of guys who could like really mold themselves and build themselves up to these like superhuman feats here. Um, one of my good buddies, Dave Whitley, um, he's the guy who was my mentor in a lot of like old time strongman arts. He's probably my main mentor and all that. Um, he, re he kind of echoes a little bit of that same sentiment, but where I gravitated towards like your, your Dorian Yates and your Arnold and some of the guys that were a little bit more like nitty gritty in terms of work ethic. And I'm not saying that, you know, Dave's guy isn't, but like he gravitated to like Lou Ferrigno because as a kid, he watched the Hulk. Okay. So that was like his, one of his first things. And he'll talk about that. Like in his book, um, yeah, he's got out there. He mentions like very, very, you know, vivid memories of watching the Hulk on TV and like going, Oh my God, here's a guy that I can see turn himself into this like superhuman machine. Yeah. Why can't I do that? Yeah. It's an, it's like, it's an amazing thing what these guys do. Yeah. You know what I mean? The and, amount of dedication. And whatnot. Yeah. So like when it comes up in like how I got into weightlifting and stuff, a lot of my stuff was always in a commercial gym where I had like, Instead of your your dumbbell presses or your your inclined dumbbell chest press, I would do like the hammer strength machines. Okay. I I used to love those machines. Anything hammer strength was to me like, oh man, that's like the best thing ever. And I like if they didn't have it, still. I'm like, this gym sucks. I think those, <laughs> those machines still aren't that bad. I mean, like no, you go to like absolutely. a Gold's or something. Uh -huh. If it's between that or like a, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, uh, but they they have like a cable machine or something. Yeah. Like those those hammer strength ones are <clears throat> so much better. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's. To me, it's like it's a dead weight. Yeah. You know, it's just something about moving that was yeah, like, it's like it on just a hinge. Made sense. You're just moving right. on a hinge. And it kept you, you know, in a fairly safe movement. So there's nothing, like, if that's what you have, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 
you know, could you get better results one way or the other? Well, I don't know. It depends on how dedicated that person is to getting the results. Yeah. It, like five years ago, I might have said like, oh, no, you need a barbell in your hand. And then four years before that, I might have said, no, nah, if, it's, if it's not kettlebells and resistance bands, it's bullshit. Yeah. And before that, I would have been like, I don't know. I, can't, I haven't figured it out myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work out enough to have uh, – like a say in this fight, so yeah. so you yeah so you grew up you weren't like doing sports or anything like that you no. just you just started you know liking bodybuilding got the encyclopedia yeah and the funny started. thing is I was actually a terrible bodybuilder like I never really got into it I didn't really do much in that world and then I just noticed that I just kind of like staying active and staying in shape yeah and so like over time I kind of gravitated towards different means of keeping in shape and keeping active um, yeah funny enough my exposure to kettlebell started with. Uh, it started with jujitsu, but it wasn't because a lot of other black belts were doing it. Like Steve Maxwell is probably the most popular black belt that I think really brought kettlebells into the fitness world. I'm, I'm not saying he's like the first guy, but I know he was one of Pavel's first class of like senior instructors oh, at yeah. one point. So what's funny is like that old, like RKC kettlebell with the, the really big, thick cast iron black handle. Yep. You know, that was actually our doorstep at one of our old jiu-jitsu academies. <laughs> like, That's cool. That was like you'd open up the back door and we'd had to use that kettlebell to – and I think open. one of the other guys that trained there just brought it like in case guys wanted to work out with it. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, Brian, what is this thing? And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you a few things. So he showed me some movements with it and stuff. And uh, I actually – if I ended up buying it off of him and said, hey, you know, if I just give you some cash, can I just take it home? And I tried doing like – you know, I thought to myself, this thing's not – it's only 35 pounds. Yeah. I'm like, I can do 100 swings of this. Sure, I'm right looking here. at what people are online. And I tried doing like, I tried doing 100 swings. I think I got to 37. I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, I was winded. I felt like I was going to die. I felt like I just ran a mile. Yeah. How'd you feel that next day? Oh, I was sore everywhere. My grip, my forearms, my back, my leg. Like, not like low back in a bad way, but like all my lats. Yeah. Like that from almost my, my rib cage up to my neck was just sore. And I was really surprised at how many muscle groups all hurt. And I'm like, I only did one friggin' movement yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah man i mean it uses your entire posterior chain oh yeah, yeah so yeah the next day enter the kettlebell was picked up for sure and i'm like i'm downloading that on the ebook and reading on my kindle and i'm like this is insane so i'm trying to like watch all these movements and i'm like learning how to do a get up a, a swing clean press snatch you know front yeah. squat all these things i'm trying to figure out how to do for my book and i'm like this is crap so i just went ahead and like bought the the dvd as well so it one of my first that oh well this is awesome one of my first instructors, I had the DVD of Enter the Kettlebell. Technically, like you could argue that Pavel was probably one of my first instructors that I had because what I would do is I would play the DVD on a laptop, but it was positioned on top of one of those like Wave Rider punching bags. Uh-huh. And then I would have a mirror positioned up under that. So like I would have, going from the top down, you have like Pavel looking at me about eye level, and I'm watching that blown up and zoomed in. So I can see everything he's doing, and then I'm watching myself in the mirror, so my eyes only have to move, like, maybe an inch or two yeah. to see, this is what he did. Did I do that? No. Okay, how did I do that? And I kind of practice what he's doing, and I go back to the DV and skip back a few seconds and yeah. then do it again. That's a real meticulous approach. It was it was different, and people, like, it's funny because, like, if you really want to go find knowledge and you really want to get good at something, you'll find a way to do it. Oh, yeah, especially in today's. Oh, yeah. And I just didn't know if there were, like, any certified instructors in the area. I kept looking around, and I couldn't find any. Uh, finally, I did find two that were not too far from me. Um, it was it was interesting working with them because they were really kind for a while. But then, like, I don't know, something kind of shifted when they heard that I wanted to be an instructor. Like, I guess there was this weird, like, oh, he's going to come, like, push us out of business or whatever. And, and I yeah, had – Yeah, scarcity mindset is what that Yeah, is. it was very very scarcity mindset. And I'm like – dude, I was going to ask if they needed help teaching classes. I was going to work with them, man. I, yeah. didn't, I had no intention of taking over or running anything out of there. And then, 
you know, last I heard like not too long ago, um, you know, I heard rumors of like how they were like cussing at guys in class who were just like, Hey, I'm having a hard time with this. And they're like kind of dogging the guys like, well, our girls can do this. And they're like, well, yeah, but I'm brand new. They've been doing this for a while. And yeah, what does it matter if you're a guy or a girl? Yeah, Who gives a shit? Like, you know, just make it appropriate for the client. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, can, can those two kettlebell instructors do like what some of the female CrossFit athletes do? Yeah, that's just you ego. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. Yeah, comparison's the thief of joy, man. Start comparing to other people. I mean, that's how you'll, I love get, that. that's how you'll get hurt. Um, yeah, that's just all bad. But it's amazing how much work you can get done with just this fucking ball of steel right. with a handle like welded onto it. Yeah, it's like, and what? It, well, and, I mean, think about what the work you could do with a hammer and a tire. Yeah. You know, or dude. even if you just like find a, like a log in the woods and just, or just, you know, beat, beat the shit out of it with like a, a rubber baseball bat or something. Yeah, I dude, mean, just movement and tension. And, yes. and like it doesn't take much at all. So I think we all start with that classic, uh, you know, like that isolation method, right? Yeah. And you got arm day, you got leg day. You got back day, but I mean, it doesn't have to be that no, way. You know what I mean? Like strength is so much more than that. Well, and it, it, it really comes down to what do you want to do? And I think as I've gotten that experience and as I've really evolved as a coach, I've kind of realized that like, are there m- multiple ways to hit the same path or hit, hit the same goal? Yes. It's almost like I, I joke with my clients when I'm bringing them on board. It's, I try to be like the Google Maps for your fitness goal. You, we know where A is. You've told me where B is. My next goal is to pre- figure out the best course to get there. Yeah. And we may have a couple alternate routes, and you may have – <laughs> there may be an accident along the road, and we got to redirect. Yeah. You know, so Dude, I try yeah, – There's no one path to There's get no there. one path. And, you know, at the, at the top of the mountain, the view is the same. Yeah. So who cares how you get there as long as you get there safe and as long as you get there healthy. Yeah. Now, when you coach clients, do you address mindset with them? Yeah, you have to. How do you like to do that? Um, a lot of it is like just kind of throughout the workout whenever, like, especially when I hear someone like look at a weight and say like, Hey, I can't do this. You know, they'll hear me. You know, some of my favorite quotes that you'll hear around me and, and people I train are like, you know, it's not that you can't do it. You just haven't done it yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's true. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll quote some of my mentors, like, you know, guys that come in and say, Hey, I want to set this new record for myself. And they're trying to lift heavy every time. I'm like, you're not going to lift. Well, what was it? I said the other day, it was like, you're not going to get better by doing something you've never been able to do you get better by doing stuff you've been able to do and then yes. grow from there that makes sense yes you know so like if you if i tell you like you know hey your max deadlift is like 500 pounds okay well we want to get to 600 well if i put 600 on today and say hey go lift that you're going to look at me like well i can't we'll just try harder yeah you know? <laughs> what do you mean you can't lift yeah, that you know or maybe Pussy. yeah right. <laughs> or maybe we go back to like 315 and we build up and we get make 315 feel real comfortable yeah and then 400 starts feeling real comfortable and the next thing you know like 550 is not bad like you maybe you pull that one day and that feels like a seven whereas before it was like a you know it was more than a 10 right because yeah. the 500 was your max now you're 550 it's like well wait a minute now yeah. more than your max feels like it was effort but it was yeah. a seven out of ten not a ten out of ten you're like where do we yeah. go from here and you just keep growing you're growing that that concept there and then one day you pull 600 like it's a friggin' warm-up right <laughs> dude it's a process but people yeah. don't understand that i mean there's a lot of science to it and, and i mean unless you're like a nerd like me like people don't want to dive into that <laughs> but what's happening is like i mean there's real physical change happening like on the cellular and like you're, you're changing tissue right yeah and so i mean the muscle i mean that's easy to change but like your ligaments and tendons to actually support that kind of weight there's right they have to change along the way as well mm-hmm. and that's why it takes time right i mean right. it's a process for this whole thing and that's also what you hear a lot of people get injured like when they try to use like in- performance enhancing drugs yeah it's like they're only 
almost trying to grow too quick, too fast. Right. And then they don't allow the body time. And it's like, oh man, I was, I was trying to pull something. And I pulled a bicep out or I, you know, I popped something in my knee and mm-hmm. it's like, well, dude, your body wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah. You got to give the body time. And, right. And I, I really had to learn that just like trying to rehab from injury. Oh yeah. I tore, tore my labrum and rotator cuff, Ooh. had surgery in 2016. So like that whole year, um, I was just just fucking just dedicated to like getting full range of motion back and just being yeah. better than ever so I can get back to fighting. And um, I had coincidentally had heard uh, Steve Maxwell and Joe Rogan. Uh-huh. And then I started implementing a daily hanging practice because of that. Nice. Yeah, dude. So I've been doing that for two years now, just fucking hanging. And every- the shoulders feel great, don't Oh, dude, man. I, <laughs> people ask me what um, shoulder I had surgery on. I forget sometimes. Like, it, it's, it's now. Because they, they both feel so good. There's well, no now my other shoulder's fucked up because I heard. <laughs> I heard it mountain biking. Oh, there like, it goes. Just doing dumbass shit. Yeah. It kind of ha- I always joke like, you know, there's there's injuries and then there's like jujitsu injuries where like, you know, you get those little or no, what was it I heard? It was uh not not only jujitsu injuries, it was the best quote I ever heard about this is over 30 especially for jujitsu fighters, you no longer get injured, you just get permanent micro disabilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just get man. The, like my my left ankle like always pops cuz I got toe-holded like almost a decade ago and it popped one day. It wasn't bad, but it just it just now it clicks. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. I don't think anything was torn. It might have been tender for a few days, but I don't even remember who it was or how bad I felt afterwards. I just remember, yeah, I got my ankle popped from a toe hold and it just always clicks ever since then. Yeah. You know. You just you just learn to just deal with those things. It's yeah. really weird how I mean and that's a part of the, the human body is just so adaptive. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, there's kind of a certain level of pain you just get used to or just discomfort in general, you get used to adapting to through any kind of combative sport, any kind of training, any kind of physical activity, like if you want to get a little better and you want to improve yourself at all, there's a certain threshold of like discomfort you kind of have to deal with. Absolutely. You know, and people that don't understand that just, well, people that don't understand that concept kind of blow my mind. Yeah, dude. I mean, discomfort is just a part of the process. Right. You know what I mean? I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about just and success in general, like, you can't be afraid of failure. Like, failure is not something to be a part, like, something to be avoided. Like, that's mm-hmm. a part of success. Like, it's a part of the process. It's a yeah. part of the recipe. And the same thing with growth. Like, you're going to be discomfort. You're going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? You need to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to grow and, and fucking achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve, whether it's, like, physically or yeah. you know, professionally or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, especially in business, man. You may have to, like, you may want to get to a certain point in your, in your business, but you may have to get used to, like, having some really slow days. Yeah. <laughs> and you may have to figure out ways to get around that where, like, you know, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they have second jobs or, like, they have a full-time job and then the business is kind of their, their part-time second. Right. Until they can grow that to take over. I mean, I've I've done it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. in, in the beginning, it's going to be slow. Like, oh, you're, yeah. you're going to be doing all this work and it's, go, it's almost going to feel like for nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're putting things in the bank for, like, you know what I mean? It's all yeah. building upon itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into being, like, a strong man? Like, did, <laughs> yeah, like where did so, that come from? <clears throat> that actually, uh, funny enough, that came through strong first because at the time um, – you know, my friend Dave was a master instructor with Strong First. Okay. And he, you know, he's, as long as I've known of him, he's been kind of a fan of the old-time strongman arts, and he's also been a, you know, a big practicing, I mean, he's always been a cultivator and a connoisseur of the history, but as far as, like, bending steel, like, I know when whenever he bent the red nail, which is, like, stupid thick, I, I can't even remember the dimension, I think it's, like, five-eighths inch thick steel, seven inches long, ladies. And <laughs> <laughs> she said. <laughs> right. And uh, it's it's a pain in the ass to bend that thing, and 
I've done it a few times, but like they always had like a little kink in the middle or like I had to file it down and kind of create a little wedge that I could build off of. But man, it's like he is uh, someone that I know has always really taken the time to get some deep practice in on each of those movements, whether it's tearing cards, yeah. driving a nail through a board with his hand. Um, now he does fun ones where like he'll pop a balloon on the other side or he'll light it on fire and then do it. And mm. um, He was on a, a TV show one time, and I, I want to say I think he actually broke the board. But, like, he, the guy, like, whenever he does that feat, like, he'll put it to where the board is, like, down towards the knees and the guy's head at, like, mid-thigh. And not saying it was definitely going to injure anything, but, like, you know, you doing the feat feel a little bit better if that board's a little bit lower down. You know you're not going to hit any, you know, yeah, manhood. Yeah, you, you want to hit your junk. Right, exactly. And or more importantly, you don't want to hit the fan's junk. <laughs> more importantly. <laughs> like, you know your junk's fine, but that guy in that chair is going to have a really awkward conversation later. Hey, honey, I thought this would be a great <laughs> – you signed the waiver, right? You signed right. the waiver. Ah, yeah, exactly. Forget about it. Uh, and uh, so, like, at one point, he hit this thing, and I'm, I'm thinking he probably knew that that board was out of place, and was like, "Well, we're gonna have to hit this extra hard just to make sure." Yeah. <laughs> but he broke the board on that. Was kind of fun, but you know, bending steel bars and uh, horseshoes and scrolling them into all sorts of artwork shapes and stuff, um, or you know, bending horseshoes into hearts was the other one I was thinking. Um, so you know, I went to a workshop with him um, <clears throat> at his place in Nashville. And old time strongman university, and that was that was an eye opener because I was, I was starting to kind of get used to nail bending, okay. and it was honestly it's great grip strength too. So you started with nails. I started with nails, and then um, when I was at OSU, um, then I would scroll like you know four foot and five foot steel bars, and I'm like, man, this is. First off, it was a killer workout because, like, you have to use imagine. everything. Like, yeah, constant tension. Yeah, it's constant tension. It's not like a ballistic or a grind like what you get with kettlebells or barbells or dumb. It's a completely different level of cardio and, and strength endurance too. And what I'm doing is I'm as I'm ripping horseshoes in half – or not ripping them in half, but, like, as I'm ripping them open and taking that U into an S and then mm -hmm. taking it further into a heart, you know, I'm I'm starting to build that confidence back up of, like, holy shit, I didn't think I could do this. Yeah. And that's when they talk about other old time strongmen that say like it's like what we just echoed. It's all in your mind. Yeah, man. You know the mighty Adam talked about like you know mindset. You know Slim the Hammer Man, uh, which is one of Dave's mentors. You know he talks a lot about what well, he he calls it the governor. Okay. You know it's the governor of your mind, and it tells you you can't do things, and sometimes you got to turn that governor off. Yeah, tell him um, shut the fuck up. Right, exactly. And you know part like even like right now you talk about confidence. Part of me is thinking, man, if Dave hears this, I really hope I quoted him right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's gonna text me like motherfucker. He's in Nashville, right? He is in Nashville. Yeah, Dude, I want to have him on the podcast. I, I, I came across him. This is how small of a world it is. It's yeah. so crazy. I came across him just um, on Instagram, uh -huh. and I've been following him for a while now. I mean, he's bending bars and just mm -hmm. being a cool ass dude and ripping cards apart and shit. Oh yeah. And I was like, man, it'd be cool to have that dude on the podcast. And then I'm sitting there talking to Matt, and he's like, oh yeah, I <laughs> had beers with him, and then he mentioned you, and then I'm just like. Whoa. The universe is a crazy thing, man. Dude, actually, funny story. That night that Matt had beers with him, so um, that that certification I went to over in Ireland is called the Amazing 12. And I was going to ask you what the Amazing 12 yeah, was. Yeah, that's what that is, and, and we'll get on that in a minute. But um, <clears throat> a couple years ago, I actually brought you know my coach and my mentor, uh, Paul McElroy, and his team over to St. Louis, and we hosted a workshop at my gym at the time. And so when we did that, that was really us going out and just kind of having fun with all the instructors and all the people that were there. Mm -hmm. So we were out at this place in Cottleville, and, um, and we had a couple beers. 
and you know Dave being Dave, of course he's got some bars and some fun things to bend in the truck. And, <laughs> he just uh, carries carries them with. Yeah, him at exactly. All times. And, and it was funny because Matt had some kettlebells in there, so he's trying to show people the bent press. Well, Dave literally wrote a book on the bent press. That's so funny. And so like we were joking when Dave and I were kind of all to the side and. And and at one point Dave kind of glances over and he sees a kettlebell and like <laughs> we're in the middle of a conversation and his chin perks up and he goes, "What is this fuckery I see behind me?" And it's like people that are like kind of like not in a good position. He's like, "Give me one second. So he walked over and starts coaching. Yeah, him. he had to do it. <laughs> he had like, to. It's in like him. there was a disturbance in the force of the bed yeah. press and Dave's like, "I think that's so important, right? I yeah. mean, if you're really a coach, you really care about it. It's just like, dude, yeah. I finally got to that point to where I I re- like I cannot let people." Mm-hmm. to a certain degree, right? Like, in that scenario, you guys are in the bar, people are fucking around. It's probably a good time to, like, fix yeah, somebody. Like, I'm not going to just walk up to some chick in the, like, Well, and first off, let's holds. establish how weird it is that a guy brought kettlebells into a bar. That's the first weird thing, right? <laughs> so he's opening himself up for fucking critique. Right, so there, there's already fuckery to begin with, number one. Number two, you've got probably in that room, one, two, three, four, five, six, there's had to be seven kettlebell instructors in that room. Yeah, someone's and, saying something. Yeah, someone's going to say something. And, and they're they're all like trying to critique it, and you've got one guy trying to do one little bit. And finally, Dave walks over, and everyone just like – it was amazing how like the seas parted. And everyone's <laughs> just like – you know, everyone had that look of they wanted to start in every sentence with like, you know, yes, sir, or no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man. <laughs> Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> it's like, hush when I'm um, speaking. But then like so the first like horseshoe I ever bent, um, it's funny because like the way I tell the story like – there, I probably had no business bending the shoe. This was this was probably not a good starter shoe. So I always said like I I shouldn't have been able to bend that. Yeah. And Dave will say yes, you should have. What makes it a good starter shoe? Just the thickness of the metal. Yeah, it's the thickness, the size of it, and um, that's something that I really want to get a little bit more into is bending horseshoes open because it is kind of a fun feat to do. Yeah. Um, I just haven't put a whole lot of practice into that one. I'm I'm kind of gearing up to bend the red nail. Is what my my main focus is right now. Okay. Um, and then I'll still do some scrolling work here and there, but like for the most part. Most of my my bending is built around uh, nails right now, like the short, you know, unbraced bending. So yeah, bending that shoe. It's first off, I have no idea what the hell the mechanic is. So I'm trying to like coach on the fly. I have like at least a beer and a half in me, and you know, probably half a belly full of pizza. So it's you know, it's a great day to do something yeah. physical, right? Oh, dude, that's, that's <laughs> the perfect time. When else? <laughs> right, exactly. So you want to talk about liquid courage, yeah. man? The the wonderful stouts down at Exit Six. God love them. Yeah, I need to go check that place out, man. Oh, I've, I've heard Matt talk about it so many times. I, I don't know why they don't just sponsor him by this point. Like he's probably <laughs> he fucking might as well live there. Mm-hmm. I think he does. Uh, he says Troy, but I think it's a cot next Exit Six. Yeah, you know, because it's like he's out in he's out in Troy Warrington area, but at the same time, we're like, how are you always seven minutes away from St. Peter's? I think you're in the back. Like they have a little bedroom for him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he just yeah. stumbles back there. Yeah, he, he definitely needs to be sponsored. <laughs> he should be. Exit Six. Get on it, guys. Come on, guys. Um. So, like, I'm over here, I've got this horseshoe digging into the side of my left eye, and I'm trying to, like, get the mechanic of how to do this, and, you know, I, I look over, and I'm, like, I'm starting to, like, gain a little bit of confidence in there, and now, like, this thing's not budging, and I'm, like, oh, shit, like, you know, I've bent a few nails, and I did that, and that was really cool, you know, I did a couple 60-penny nails, that was good, you know, I uh, I don't think I, I scrolled any bars there. I know I bent a few nails, and then all of a sudden, Dave hands me the horseshoe and says, here, go for it, and... I think at first it was supposed to be one of those, and, and I don't know. I, I still haven't asked him about this, so he'll probably hear this and be like, "All right, listen, bitch, this is how it went." Yeah, <laughs> but it's like there's your truth, and then there's the truth, right? So, so, so the way I perceived this happening was, I think Dave wanted to give the shoe to somebody. If they failed, then he would rip it open really easily, and 
we would, uh, and then, you know, obviously you've got the old time strong man. You're like, oh, Hey, here's the showmanship of it. Right. Yeah. But then I, but then I bent it. And so now at that point, I think Dave kicked over to, well, fucking finish it, man. Bend it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And I remember I got it just open a little bit and I held it up and, and Dave's like, now get back in and hit it again. And now by this point, my leg is dying because I've never had something digging in my leg because you're basically using your quad I was going to ask you, yeah, dude, are you like, you getting bruises and shit on your leg? You can, yeah, you kind of eventually get a little callous to it, but to a degree, but like, you know, I'm over here essentially like kind of bracing with one hand. I have to apply a little bit of force into my leg. So there's like a downward force. I'm pushing my leg back out to get kind of a, like a counter pressure into that little bottom part of the shoe. Yeah. For, for people that aren't seeing this here. And on my we got dominant side, there. right? Oh, here we go. So here we go. So horseshoe right here is down like this, right? And I'm here. Let's oh, yeah. see. If I no, I'll just make sure it's recording. Yeah, it I is think, recording. Oh, <laughs> so I'm here, and I've got it like this in my leg. And and what I'm doing is on my I go to my left side. So it's on my left leg. I kind of push this leg out, and then my left arm is almost doing like a tricep kickback kind of push. Yeah. Not really. It's almost just pushing straight down. And then my right arm is almost doing like a one arm row. Yeah, that's a full body motion there. Right. Yeah. So you know, all like the while fulcrum. there's a little bit of core action in there too. Yeah. And then once you get that, you shift from the side of the leg over to the top of the leg, and then you just go straight down. Yeah. And then that'll open it up to the S, right? Mm. So when I got it open a little bit, I looked over at at Paul who was sitting there, and and he just kind of gives me this look, and he's like. You know, if it bleeds, it dies. I think is what he said. <laughs> True statement. And he's like, just fucking bend it. <laughs> so I did. And uh, it was funny because like, he, he tells me all the time, he's like, man, you were like a dark horse that night. Like, I did, I did not expect you to bend that. <laughs> Came out nowhere. Hey, man, it's amazing what like the, uh, the belief of others will do for you. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that's why coaches are so important. You know what I mean? Yes. Because we are so quick to count ourselves out. Oh, so yeah. many people are. It's just... Uh, for whatever reason, it's just it's easier to to take the uh, the path of least resistance for so many people. Yes. And uh, without that accountability, man, or having a coach there to actually believe in you, mm-hmm. you know, once you do, it's amazing what you can actually well, accomplish. And, and it's really funny why they do that too, because it's comfortable. Yeah. And it's it's when you can do something that makes you better, but still stay in that zone of comfort, like you're more likely to keep doing it. Yeah. And so then you get more reps, you get more practice, and then maybe you increase the intensity a little bit. Well, it's maybe not as comfortable, but you're still able to do it, and then right. you just get used to it. And that's where you really see people getting better. Yeah. The people that don't ever want to push themselves. Like I said, there's a degree of comfort that I can kind of tolerate, but then there's like you got to push a little bit. Right. And people that don't understand, like, you know, you're going to be a little out of your element here. You're going to be a little – it's going to hurt a little bit. Not yeah. like bad bad hurt, but it's like you're going to feel a little tightness. You're going to feel a little sore. Yeah. But that's going to subside. You feel so good afterwards, though. You do. When you push yeah. through those moments, I can think of training sessions. <clears throat> maybe it's like in the pool or whatnot. And like mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll set little goals for myself or whatever. It's like, all right, well, I want to like go down, back, down, back. Zero rest in between, right? Just fucking right. full. And it's like, all right, well, maybe like I pulled up, I went down, back, down, and then like I stopped. And I didn't yeah. get the, and, and then like I think about that. You got three quarters of the way there. But then, <laughs> but I start think, I, I then I'm so mad at myself though, right? Because like mm-hmm. I let up in that moment of weakness. It's like if I just would have pushed through that, it's like all right, maybe you only stopped for like two or three seconds, caught a breath, and then went again. But I yeah. still didn't like push past where I knew I could have pushed. Yeah. And I get mad at myself. Yeah, so like that, like that, dude. That would always drive me in my training for like MMA or whatnot. I'm like, all right, just think of how good you're gonna feel right. tomorrow or after this or like whatever the case may be. Like, and that future happiness maybe just would drive me. Yeah, and it 
again, I think it's because you saw the goal in the, in the end. You yeah. Saw, you had the goal in sight. And yeah. I mean, that's not normal for most people. No, it's really means. not. But, like, I think people lose sight of the goal for whatever the path is. Like, they, they see what's on the path, and they feel like they have to change the stuff now because they think that that's going to make them better. But it's like if you just stay on the damn path to begin with. Yeah. Like, just stick with – give it a chance to work. Yeah. You know, some people quit before they ever know if something was effective or not. You know, right. Oh, I did barbell training. It just didn't work. Well, how long did you do it? Oh, like four, four days. Yeah. Patience really? is key. Right. <laughs> yeah. So when people come to train with you, like what kind of expectation do you set with them as far as like how long they need to train with you? So I, as far as like duration, like how many weeks, months, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm pretty honest with them in the sense of, I think it really depends on their goal and right. we kind of take it case by case because there's a lot of times where, you know, it's there may just be some legit habits that need to be formed. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we talk about nutrition, I very much like to try and see things like in like a one, two, three mode. Like, okay, we're going to do these three steps this week. Yeah. Once you nail those down, then we're going to add a fourth step. Right. But see, the first three should all, already be automatic. Mm-hmm. So really it's like, you know, whenever we quote unquote add steps, like you've kind of got the first couple ones down. So when they become part of who you are and part of your routine, they're no longer really anything you have to think about. Yeah. Well, then I can add the next two or three. Yeah. And then when we do the same thing with those, then we can add the next two or three. I've just I've found so many people will, for example, like they'll train with you. What if they, they they'll train with you for like a month mm-hmm. and then they'll be, oh man, I know this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know a little bit. Yeah. And then like, are you even doing it correctly when you aren't with me? You know what that's, I mean? It's it's yeah. just it's just getting people to understand that yeah, like that's great. Your progress is awesome, but let's mm-hmm. keep going. You know what I mean? Well, and I think some people too. Like uh, there was a guy I was working with over the summer that was just very big on, you know, he, it. Th- this is the kind of person that like in a way they're they're most frustrating, but I think they also are the most rewarding when you get them their results because they're the. Uh, the <laughs> we I've had many names for them in the past, but. The assholes. Yeah. You know, the people Fuck that just yeah. want to ask all the questions, but then, like, they don't actually do oh, yeah. what you talk about. Oh, you know? yeah. Hey, man, I just, uh, I'm really struggling with nutrition. I really need to get this down. Well, what's your struggle? Man, I just, uh, freaking McDonald's and they're like chicken nugget special, man, when you got two kids. And I'm like, or could you just go home and make chicken yourself? Yeah. Like, could you do the same thing at home and it's not? It's real simple. Yeah. It really is. You know, oh, well, I don't have the time. Well, did you have time last night? Well, what do you mean? Well, could you have prepped a lot of this in advance so when you get home, it's just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, there are days, like, if you really get a good prep schedule, like, you know, shit, my, my wife is the queen of Tupperware, man. Like, I mean, we have stuff in Tupperware all over the place to where, you know, if we know we're going to do tacos tomorrow, the night before, right before we go to bed, we're, like, you know, grilling up the meat and we're getting all the stuff ready to go and it's going in a big Tupperware thing. So when we get home, boom, pull it out, quick rewarming, right. wrap it up. Boom, here you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dude, how the fuck are they supposed to watch Game of Thrones? If right. That? <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you talking about? I don't, you don't have, no, there's no yeah, time exactly. for that, dude. There's no time. You got to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> you got to catch up on The Price is Right. That- <laughs> I don't That's know. It's funny you mentioned Game of Thrones. I just started rewatching that, getting ready for the next season. So dude, I'm like. I just, so my girlfriend and I, we just watched the whole uh, first, like mm-hmm. we just watched it all. So I waited deliberately, right? Because one, when it first came out, everybody was just always bitching and moaning that their favorite person died. Right. And, like, I didn't have HBO, so it wasn't a big deal. And then I was like, all right, I don't need this heartache. Like, I just don't <laughs> – I don't fucking need it. Right. And then um, I was like, all right, well, it was probably, like, five or six seasons in. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now they just re- – you know, they said this last one's coming up. So yeah. I was like, all right, well, cool. Like, now, all right, we got seven seasons. Right. The last one's coming up. Let me go ahead and watch this. Yeah, let me so, catch up now. Yeah, so we knocked him out. We're going to watch this last season. There we go. And then it's good. I, I always laugh like uh, when people start, like, because I got caught up on everything last year. 
and it was right when season seven was airing. Okay. And then I started watching everything. So I kind of had a few episodes built up in the queue for seven, thinking like, hey, I can get maybe – by the time it'll take me to get through all of these other six seasons, seven starting, I should be like maybe halfway through. Dude, no, that's a mistake. Because I, <laughs> I, I was thinking like, you know, maybe I'll be watching like one or two episodes, of, you know, every other day or so. Yeah. Dude, I was at the point where I was like allotting time at the end of the day. Like I'm trying to rush to get my stuff done just so I can have like that two hours to watch two episodes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so I was plowing two episodes a day. I was almost going through a season a week. Dude, I watched it on HBO <laughs> Go. Dude, yeah, like, and, like, you can skip the intro, so that's going to save oh, you a see, few minutes. Yeah, dude, when I saw that little button pop up, <laughs> yeah. oh, hello. Yeah, dude, you start skipping things. It's like, oh, my goodness, I just saved all this I'm time. I'm saving an hour every three seasons. Really? You, you really are. <laughs> you really are. You really are. It's crazy. But, but you start thinking of ways that you're budgeting that, and then you get down, you're like, ah, I could have been reading this whole time. <laughs> you almost feel yeah. bad, but you're like, oh, so worth it. Yeah, man. And, uh. But yeah, it was. I was laughing because like I've got friends where uh, <laughs> my friend John actually, when he started watching it, he would talk about, "Man, I really like this character here," and you know that that guy's dead. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, that's a good guy. He goes, "He's probably gonna die." Hey, man, you'll just have to watch and find out. And you're like biting your lip, going like, <laughs> <laughs> "I just never got attached to anybody." And it was really nice to be able to watch it all straight through. Yes. I, I was talking about it with I can't remember, a group of friends. I was like, I couldn't, or maybe it was my girlfriend. I don't really have that many friends anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got the ones that matter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, but it, I was like, could you imagine watching this like year after year after year after year? I'm like, this is this story is moving super slow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, th- like this is like five years of fucking yes. of the show right now, and we just watched it in like a month or what? But <laughs> some people watch this over five years. Dude, imagine Dude. what people do with like Netflix and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> you can just lose your whole life. 12 years of Ross and Rachel. Holy crap. Holy shit, man. <laughs> man. Dude, so I was seeing um, – it's kind of – Back un- to coaching. Back well, to- <laughs> a little unrelated from all of that, actually. You're a barbecue guy. Like, you're, Yeah. Do you, do you do competitions? You know what? My dad and I have been talking about one. I know he really wants to. Yeah. And I do at some point. We just – we really just need to sit down and figure out like which one we want to go to and figure out how we want to do it and just get a couple of recipes together. So it's it's definitely on the radar. I just we haven't set any like set times. I know there's one that happened. I think it's August or September out in Wildwood. That it's kind of a like it's billed as like a very amateur competition. Yeah. So I think we're probably gonna eye that. But I'd like I'd honestly like to do one beforehand because my my thought is just like I mean just fucking go for it, man. Who cares? Yeah. I love grilling. I'm not very good at it. You, it's one of those things that you have to always do. And then yeah. uh, I've like I've been in uh, I've been living in apartments or like condos for a little bit now. Yeah, and so it's hard because they don't always let you have like a charcoal or, or a yeah, smoker or whatever exactly. or charcoal grill or smokers. Or yeah, whatever. it's a fire hazard, so they don't normally let yes. you have it. So I'm just like, fuck, man. You just and then you just get out of practice. Yeah. What kind of do you typically like use wood or like what do you use? How do for, you what's your method? So, yes, yeah, so here we go. Now the deep dark secrets. <laughs> yeah. Um. So me personally, I prefer using like that lump charcoal where it's like the hard wood. Yeah. I'm not opposed to the the briquettes, but like I feel like I get. Um, I'm almost at a point now where I can feel like I can kind of control the heat pretty well on both sides. Yeah. Whether it's the the briquettes or the the hardwood, but the hardwood you like that's there's no filler added to that. That's just like the wood that's been kind of like charred out and carboned up, so that way it's it's ready to go. Right. And I feel like you get a little bit better flavor, like you get that authentic wood fire grill taste to it. Yeah. And then whenever you're smoking with it, it's easier just to add wood in there so that you can, you know, you get more of that flavor into the meat. Um, that's kind of how I like to do it. And if I'm grilling, it's, you know, it 
it, everything's pretty much hot and fast. Like I don't have a whole lot of medium things where like I'll do some stuff where it's pretty warm in the like when I put the uh, the lid on. Yeah, it's pretty warm in there. But it's um, you know doing either like chicken or beef or or whatever. Like I I try to cook things kind of hot and fast more, and yeah. I'm starting to do that in my barbecue too. Really? Uh, oh, my dad hates it. Like, well, I don't say he hates it. It's just like he's definitely like that low and slow. Like he would rather take yeah. a brisket and do it over like 18, 20 hours. Yeah, it's like the purest. Yeah, and I'm I'm one of the ones where like I've done a brisket in that long. I've also done a brisket in six hours. Yeah, like let's just get it done. Right, and I'm like that. I could literally start that in the morning. I can go to work and I can come back and then let it rest an hour, and then it's ready to go by dinner. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you cook with the sauce? Like, do you put sauce on while you're cooking, or do you save that? It depends. Uh, me personally, I think I try to put it on the side a little bit more. Yeah. Um, because I like to let the flavor of the barbecue do the talking, and yeah. then the sauce is just kind of there. Like, yeah. You know, if uh, it, it's almost like you know. Who who do you want to take pictures of the celebrity or like whoever they happen to be with, right? You know, like <laughs> I want the movie star front and center, yeah, and then the entourage can kind of sit on the side, and that's yeah. how I look at like the sauce and the condiments. Like yeah. if you have to drown out, it's like, well, how good was that really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally with you. I used to think that it wasn't barbecue, like I, uh, so. There's obviously like a distinction between grilling and barbecuing yes. in my mind. So in, in my mind, it, it, it used to be like it had to have barbecue sauce on it. Mm-hmm. And like that's that, what a lot of people do, and that was a part of it. Yeah. But then I, as I've kind of gotten older and have eaten barbecue elsewhere, I realized a lot of places just give you the meat. Yes. And then put the sauce on the side, and yeah. then, uh, yeah, I just really like I love like the smoky like the flavor, and yeah. then you can appreciate like the smoke ring, and yes. like if they do put a rub on it, and they get like a good bark on, mm. or, like there's just so many like fucking there's little elements. There's so it, many right? things yeah. to really appreciate. Other than the barbecue. So, and sometimes I want just the meat without the sauce because the sauce may be oh, trash. Yeah. yeah, dude, I have had some nasty sauces. There are times where, like, I'm I'm almost offended that they put that on the meat. I'm like, dude, can I can I send this back and get the same sandwich but, like, no sauce? Yeah. yeah. But then, like, I don't want to piss off the kitchen staff. And I'm like, ah, but I kind of got to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, you paid for it. Right. Yeah. And, it's like, and I mean, most most places that put that much work and effort into food – there's a certain like love and understanding that they have of what they're doing, so they're like, you know, if you're not happy with it, they're gonna work to make it happy. Yeah, make it right. You yeah, know? I'm a little skewed on my sauces. I'm not a fan of like the uh, like the Carolina like uh, like the mustard ones. Like the mustard sauces or like the vinaigrette sauces. Yeah, like the, I'm not a big fan of those. Those aren't my favorite. I do like them once in a while, um, and I've done little twists on them whenever I've made them in the past, like from scratch. That I I really like those. Um, but honestly, like, I think it's just cause I'm from St. Louis. Like I kind of like that. Like it's almost like the KC Carolina hybrid Yeah. where it's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's probably more on the KC. It's a little sweeter, smokier, Yeah. but it's got a little tang to it. I love that. Yeah. See that's, and I think maybe that's just cause that's where I've been born and raised. So I think so too. Yeah. A little bit yeah. of heat to that for me. And I just like, Oh, oh dude, yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. Spot on dude. Yes. So do you have a particular cut of meat that you like to barbecue or like, what's your signature? Oh, the one I'm probably best at is pulled pork. Yeah, that's that. I, I was I saw this on a website somewhere. I thought it was so hilarious. So this is not my this is not of my own creation. But I've I've joked that my pork is so good. It's almost it's it's almost sinful, <laughs> and and it should just be called porknography. <laughs> <laughs> porknography. Porknography. Hashtag. Hashtag I, porknography. I fucking love that, dude. I have to, I gotta figure out where I found that from. I, it's got to be on like one of four barbecue sites. I could probably trace it back. But you need to make that a sign. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like pigs doing a doggy style or something. <laughs> you see it from the front only, and it just looks like, and then it's like a. Uh, one pig is like the girl down low, and then like you just see like the. the oh, the I was thinking pigs. like Kermit the Frog with like a like a chef's knife or whatever, and then like Miss Piggy and like burlesque on the smoker. You could do that too. 
Oh shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's usually my standard. Whenever I go to uh-huh. different places, like I'll order the pulled pork sandwich because yeah. it's usually like you can find that at most places. Oh yeah. And then it's usually a pretty safe bet. Well, and you know, like if if they can because pork is a pretty forgiving cut. Like brisket can toughen up and dry out real quick. Yeah. Chicken can dry out real fast. Oh yeah. But if you can nail pork, that's kinda like the sweet spot between them all, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you can nail that, you really theoretically should be able to get one of the other two. Yeah. And so, like, brisket is probably my close second. I'm getting better at chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always, I always like my chicken, but there's just little things. Like, every time I do it, I'm like, damn it, I could have done that better. Yeah. I could have got the skin a little crispier. I could have gotten the rub a little bit more on the meat or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah, pork is probably my favorite one to do. Yeah. Dude, one time I did this beer can chicken on oh, the grill. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And um, I used uh, Shock Top, uh, mm-hmm. that, that apple. Yeah. And, uh, man, it just gave the chicken just the most, like, delicious flavor. I've, you know what, I'm not going to lie. I've had conflicting views on beer can chicken. For the longest time, I used to think that, like, it was a way to keep, like, some steam in there, but I wasn't really ever tasting that, quote, unquote, that beer flavor. Yeah. And then what I started doing was I found, like, I just started using better beers. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, Bud Light's not doing it because it's practically water. Oh, Shit. yeah. That, that so you got to get a little flavor. Or what I would do is if I did it's use rice Bud water. Light, I would throw in some of the rub. Or some other stuff into that to kind of get flavor, and uh, then I started tasting yeah. it. So I'm like, oh, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't that it wasn't getting it. It's just I didn't have something with a whole lot of flavor to begin with. Yeah, so, yeah, that's user Sorry, error. Budweiser. <laughs> you know, it's a good water. Yeah, it is. But you know, if I'm going to support the St. Louis beer, I'm going to go Urban Chestnut. So that's wow, dude, their beer's so good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, I like Urban Chestnut. Um, they have a couple different locations. They had one that was like a lemon rattler they did over the summer. And I don't even remember if it was theirs or if they teamed up with another brewery and made this one. But I remember I got it at, at the brewery in, in the Grove. And then I picked up like four cans as I left. I marinated chicken in this stuff overnight. And I had a whole bunch of seasonings with it. And then I would I grilled it real fast. And then I cut it up and we had fajitas with it one night. Yeah. Holy shit. Some of the best fajitas I've ever made. <sighs> That sounds delicious. <laughs> Man, dude. Sprinkle a little bit of lime juice in there as well just to get that, like, you know, kind of that, like, Mexican flavor mm-hmm. to it. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. I like to make a nice, like, uh, cabbage slaw whenever I make, mm-hmm. like, fish tacos. Yeah. You said lime. It made me think of that. Totally yeah. off subject. Well, and, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was funny, too, because I had people <laughs> that were giving me trouble. Like, oh, man, you're cooking with beer. I had one guy literally uh, try to give me trouble for giving him nutrition advice knowing that I had just told him that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm not getting drunk off this stuff. I'm just like, I'm like. And you're still a person. Yeah. Like, no one's perfect. And I'm like, dude, you just got done telling me you had, you know, 99 cent corn dogs at yeah. Sonic or at the dollar store or wherever you bought them at. Right. Like you, and you basically had like 15. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's not that you can't have those things because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just about what what are you doing most of the time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, ideally, I'd rather you not have those things. Right. But if you are going to have those things, let's just have those, like, I don't know, like, every other week. Like, just Or, you know, if you're going to have those things, like, look at it like this. Like, what what are you doing or what did you just do? Yeah. You know, so, like, if you know you're going to go train later that night or if you know you're going to be active or you have to go to the park and you're going to be chasing after kids, is that the time to load up on Chili Mac? Right. Or is it one of those, like, hey, you've had a really, like, you know, guys that I do, like, carb cycling stuff with? Because I'm not opposed to one nutrition cycle or another. I had guys that were carb cycling really hard Monday through Saturday. And on Sunday, I'm like, look, dude, just Sunday, just go buck wild. I don't even care. 
you want to go have like, you know, if it's your niece's birthday and they have birthday cake, have two slices. I give zero craps. Right. <laughs> it's whatever you want to do. Yeah, man. <laughs> like that's not going to derail you if you're doing everything else right. Right. And it's like, it, you know, and if you really play the game and you really get the numbers out in terms of macros and calories and everything like that, at the end of the week, they're probably still in a deficit. Yeah. You know, they're they're in a deficit six days out of seven. And then on the seventh day, they went a little over what the requirements are. Come on, man. They're still going to burn body fat. They're still going to get strong. They're still going to get lean. And honestly, they probably feel really good going into Monday, depending on how they did on Sunday. Yeah. Because now all that, all those calories, all those carbs are in the system. You're like, mm-hmm. dude, I feel like, oh, my God. Yeah, dude. And, like, <laughs> and stressing over it, it doesn't help. It's actually shown to, like, hurt you. Like, yeah. when you stress over it, like, that puts stress over your, like, physically through your body, which yeah. is going to, like, affect how you, like, digest the food. And it's just – and. And mentally, you just start to resent the process. You really do. And, and the more you can enjoy the process and the more you can enjoy the work that you're doing, the more likely you are to continue that. Yeah. So it's always funny how everything comes back to coaching with me. <laughs> That's what it's about, man. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, what we're doing as coaches, we're just we're just teaching others. We're mm-hmm. just sharing what we've, we, we've learned, which kind of brings me back to, like, what we, I think what we were first talking about. I felt – I always felt, at least in the beginning, kind of weird, like mm-hmm. teaching people the things that I was taught as as if like it were my own. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like I know where it came from, or like like you said, like uh, like you'll say a joke mm-hmm. or you'll say something the way that it was taught to you. Yes, you know what I mean? And it's like, is that really your authentic self? It's like, is that me saying that? Or well, it's, like, it's like, do they know that that I got that from somewhere else? I want to give them credit, but it's like, do you have time to fucking do that all the time? Not really, no. You, you, and, you can't. And, and that's the thing. Like, sometimes, like, when you're the heat of the moment, like, you know, I was teaching a triangle choke to a kid's class one day. And, you know, anyone who's in jiu-jitsu knows, like, you have the difference of, like, when your foot is dorsiflexed yep. versus when it's pointed out. So, um we had a guy named Dustin Dennis come in and do a seminar with us years and years. First time I ever met him was years and years and years ago. And he joked that, you know, you have like when it's dorsiflex, this is jujitsu feet. And when it's not and it's limp, this is ballet. Okay. And, and at one point, and he's like, you know, jujitsu feet, ballet feet. Jujitsu is what the class is. Ballet is down the road. You're here for jujitsu. Jujitsu, your damn feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just get the fuck out of the Yeah, room. dude. And there are times yeah. where, like, you know, and, and I had the chance to go down and do an immersion camp with him once. And, dude, we drilled that fucking mechanic yeah. for four hours. And at the end of it, it's like, you know, you, you just – I I've jo- it wasn't this bad, but I've joked with people. Like, you get this PTSD where, like, you know – you start like rocking yourself to sleep, you know, jujitsu feet, not ballet, jujitsu <laughs> feet, not ballet, can't sleep, clown will eat me. <laughs> so Wake up in the cold sweats. What's wrong, honey? Oh, <laughs> jujitsu feet. <laughs> you wake up, your wife's tapping. Ah, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> broke her ankle. Oh, shit, dude. I yeah. did that to my kids, though. Like one day, like they were all just like getting real lazy and I stopped the class. I'm like, hey, guys, look, here's this big yellow circle. And can you guys tell me what that says? And they're like, yeah, it says Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Does it say Gracie Ballet? <laughs> <laughs> Get it together. Yeah, these are not ballet feet. These are Jiu-Jitsu feet. And so, like, again, you hear yourself bestowing the knowledge almost as it was taught to you. And I'm I'm kind of taking it and kind of making it my own to a degree. But, like, at the same time, like, yeah, I totally got that from Dustin. Right. And and a lot of guys that, like, if they ever hear, like, oh, yeah, and then you're here, jujitsu the feet. You know, I don't hear that cue very often. So it's very rare that I hear someone say that. And I'm like, you ever train with Justin Dennis? Oh, I love that dude. Dude is hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's it's funny because, like, there's just this melting pot that occurs. And it's yeah. like – 
you know, if you say dorsiflex the feet, some people don't know what that means. Right. You know, but if you say like, hey, bring your toes to your nose, like sometimes they get what that is, or bring your toes up to your knees. Okay, they get what that means. You can get technical with it, or if you just like, you kind of crack a funny joke. It kind of mem- it, it makes a memorable yeah, moment. Yeah, dude, those little things people remember, those little quips, or yeah. just anything that's catchy, or it's like that Dead Poet Society. Oh, Captain, my Captain, where he stands up on the desk and he starts, you know, Robin Williams is reading yep. the poem to the whole liter or the the English the class. class. Yep. And yeah, because he was on the desk, everyone remembers that. Yes. It's something stupid or something silly that just makes it worth memorizing. Yeah. And so you commit that. That's why I think I like comedians so much because when it's funny, I laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you remember that feeling of joy. So I remember a lot of bits that most people are like, oh, man, I had to watch that three, four times to get it. I'm like, I saw it once like five years ago. And I remember yeah. like it was yesterday. It's funny how um, <clears throat> how closely connected memory is to emotion. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So whether it's good or bad, like if there's an intense emotion, like you'll fucking remember it. Right. You know, or, you know, working with Dave, uh, Dave Whitley, whenever I'm doing like FaceTime sessions or if we're on the phone doing coaching calls, um, I'll try something and he'll ask me, well, how did that go? I'm like, well, that it, it hurt or I blew my shoulder out or, I, you know, I'll say something negative about it. And he'll be like, all right, well, let's not, let's try not doing that again. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a really simple answer of, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like it's, it's a process, you know, nobody has it perfect. Like everybody's individual. So when people come to you and they're like, fix me or like, Hey, what do I need to do? Tell me what I need to be eating. Tell me, well, first of all, I'm not going to tell you exactly what you need to eat. Like I'm going to give you some guidelines and some, some general principles and some things to work off of. Oh yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you're an individual, you know what I mean? Like you have to learn to listen to your body and figure that out. I actually stopped doing meal plans a long time ago where I'm listing out like, okay, in morning, in the morning, you're going to have four egg whites. You're going to have a cup of spinach. I, I give them guidelines. I'm like, look, if you can follow this, you're probably going to figure out what I would have given you anyway. Right. You know, or close to it. But then the thing is, like, what if I'm giving you shit that, like, you just flat out don't like or won't eat? Exactly. You know, can you find a way to make that work into your life the way, okay, now it's more likely to take root and take hold, and this becomes who you are, and you get to express yourself through that. Right. And the more you allow people to do that, it's like, I'm not chaining you to any level of restriction. Like, I'm not saying what you can't do, but I'm telling you, if you want, if you have a goal in mind, and you're coming to me and asking for my advice on something... I'm going to give you a path and say, stay on this path. Yeah. Don't worry about what you can't do or, oh, he's giving me the choice to do. Just stay with what you know you're good at. And, yeah. and that's the, these three rules right now. Right. And once you nail those three, we're set. Yeah. I really like the analogy of um, like being um, like a chef or a baker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're a baker, you want somebody <clears throat> to give you the exact recipe. I want this much of this, yes. this much of that. And like I need everything. Like, I need all the directions and this step. And like, and then I'm going to get a cake at the end. But you know what? Health isn't that way. Like you no. need to be a chef. Right. Like, you need to figure out, all right, I need a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, that tastes good. You know what I mean? Like right. you got to figure it out for yourself. That's and, why I'm and, a terrible and baker. And what works for you. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm not a big – you know what? Coincidentally enough, most things that you make when, bake, when you bake are fucking bad for you anyway. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Go figure, right? Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, I think it, there is a certain lo- – and the other thing, too, is, like, you know, baking really is a science. Yeah. You know, the, you, you have to have those exact ingredients at the right time under the right conditions to get the right product. Otherwise, something's off. It's too dry. It's not dry enough. It's not done enough. Yeah. It's too done. You know, whatever. Or, like, you know, it doesn't taste right because things didn't have time to set properly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, if you're, you know, that, like you said, a chef or a baker, cooking or baking, whichever, it – with cooking, you can kind of flare it like, hey, I'm going to add a little bit more garlic this time than I did last time because that, that's the flavor I want. Yeah. You know, you may not have that same luxury on the other side. You yeah. Know, like, you know, oh, hey, I want a little bit more orange zest in my cookies this time or 
well, then like it creates too much citric acid and then this didn't bond right with that. And then like the whole thing is just dough in a mess. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, well, so what you're saying is we have bitch and cookie dough and <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. We're good. We can eliminate that whole baking process right now. We're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I saw this meme. It said, um, because there's that, uh, a pretty recent, uh, like recall on, oh, uh, on lettuce. romaine lettuce. Yeah. yeah. And it said something, you know, FDA says, uh, you know, throw out your lettuce. Sure. No problem. Done. Right. And it said, uh, <laughs> you know, now don't eat cookie dough because of salmonella. How about you shut your damn mouth? <laughs> <laughs> you shut your face when you're talking to me. <laughs> yes, I will eat my cookie dough. I will eat my cookie dough and have my lettuce too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have guys like me where I'm like, I've always been a fan of spinach anyway, so I, you know. Yeah, no problem for me. I don't, yeah, I usually try to get uh, darker. I actually know, thought about it. I'm like, anyway. I, well, because like most of the places I go for when we go out to eat or whatever, like I'm like, I don't, I haven't ordered Caesar salads in a long time. So I don't really do a whole lot of romaine. Yeah. Most of the house salads, whatever, have a lot of like the fresh spring mix. Yes. So there's a lot of those really dark leafy, you know, greens blended in there. And I'm like, I don't think I remember seeing romaine in any of that. And I mean, maybe it was and and they're like, okay, we're just going to take that out and throw in more spinach or whatever. Hey, great by me, man. I'm all set. As long as it's not yeah. kale, because kale is just elitist hipster spinach. Yeah, you're not into the kale? <laughs> it, I, I'm, it's not that I'm not into it. I just don't like the taste. Okay. I mean, I can do it. Like, if it's there, and like, I'll mix it up in some other things once in a while. Yeah. But it's like, you can get this whole thing of kale for one price, but then there's like five bags of spinach I can get for the same price. Yeah. I like to go to Costco. Do you shop at Costco? Oh, I love it there. Man, yeah. they have a spinach kale shard mix. I've I've had that before. Yeah, that's I, good. I usually get that. It's not. It's like four bucks or something. See, now like that, that I can do. Yeah, um, they also have one where it's like a quinoa kale. Yeah. Um, the quinoa kale and garlic like steamer bag. Okay. And so that's really nice too because yeah. then you can like steam that up and just boom, quick and ready to go. Yeah, Costco's been a game changer. It's totally worth it. Yes. I feel like if people really want to take their health seriously. Yes. Um, I mean they they're the largest um I think retailer for organics in the country. Yeah. So I mean that's why I actually started shopping there because I mm-hmm. knew I'd get so many organic options. Yeah, here like Costco and then a lot of people I know go to Sam's Club too. And Sam's Club is nice because there's so many of them because if you can find a Walmart, yeah. you're almost always gonna have a Sam's Club there. They're much more convenient. They're they're a little more convenient. More yeah. cities. Yeah. Um, there's more locations for sure. Like but within this buy, given city. If you need to you can buy coffins and caskets at Costco, though. <laughs> so good times. I don't know if you can buy them in bulk. Like I don't know if you can get a four pack of them. <laughs> well, you know, you might need it. You, you might know, need, need it to. if you're Dexter. I, I remember I saw that. Yeah, exactly. I saw that <laughs> one of those little Costco catalogs they send you in the mail, and I'm just like, I've been in a Costco a couple hundred times. And I've never seen the casket section. Yeah, I've never seen that what? section either. <laughs> maybe that's a, maybe that's an online only. <laughs> you can get everything online, bro. Right. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been about an hour. I want yeah. to be respectful of your time. This has been fun. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely, man. Sure, I'd love dude. to. Um, I want to leave the floor to you. Um, if there's anything you want to plug, you know, uh, socials, how people can get a hold of you to ask questions or train with you, yeah. whatever you'd like, dude. Um, I mean, best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook right now, uh, facebook.com slash results gym STL. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I'm actually getting ready to ramp up. I'm probably going to start advertising here next week. So this would be like a, you heard it now kind of moment. Okay. Um, probably the next week or two, you're going to see me advertise a little bit more with, um, either online training programs for people that can't get to the gym or can't train with me distance wise. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit cheaper than seeing a personal trainer in person. You get a full custom workout that designed just for you. And then we get two phone calls a week just to say like, Hey, I want to touch base and make sure that you're hitting your goals. You're hitting your metrics. I've had a few people that have had a, a lot, a surprising amount of success with it. Um, it's well, I am and I'm not because I know what I'm having them do, and if they're dedicated to it, you know, I know we're going to get something out of it. But like, when it comes to um, 
just being available for people, this allows me to have a little bit more time and freedom so that way I can see more people in that well in that yes. realm. Um, plus, I'm going to open up a few spots for uh, 12-week transformations, which I know we didn't get to, but we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> if you want to plug it real quick, we can. Yeah. so That's the Amazing 12, right? Yeah, is that, Amazing is 12. Is that part of your 12-week transformation? That, that is the 12-week transformation. Explain that to me, so yeah. So 12 weeks, five days a week, um, and what we do is a very holistic approach to building better, stronger, healthier uh, – well, I'd say better moving, stronger, healthier bodies. Um, it's built as a transformation program, but, I mean, realistically – it's more like restoration because, I mean, the, the body that we, we quote-unquote build, it's already there. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just trying to, you know, kind of chisel away a little bit until it, sh- it comes out. You know, so it comes, you know, 12 weeks is dedicated training, meal plan included. Um, you know, I, I, you know, have been able to really fine-tune this to where, like, at the gym that I train out of out in St. Peter's, you know, I really love working with people on this program because it, it gives them a chance to feel a new level of confidence that maybe they haven't had in a long time. So it's nice to be able to take people that haven't been to the gym or never been in the gym. And then at the end of the week, they're like, man, I could, I couldn't even do two pull-ups before. And now they're like banging out like 15, 20 chins. Nice. And it's like, it's, it's crazy. Cause it goes beyond just the six pack and the biceps. Like Absolutely. These are moms and dads and working professionals that got in great shape in very little time in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So that's, uh, you'll see that up on my Facebook page here as well. So cool. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. So yeah. people can get a hold of you. And then, um, actually I have two more questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and these are both kind of related and also just for the folks listening as well. So we talked about mindset and different mm-hmm. things like, so what, um, can you give some recommendations for the folks listening as far as uh, first, like some of your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to, or Ooh. like, what do you turn to for like inspiration and knowledge? Um, as far as podcasts and then also like some, some books that you like to read or something yeah, that, that so, you really recommend. So I'm going to, oh man, as far as books go, um, well, I'm going to go with the obvious plug here just cause I mentioned them a bunch of their podcasts. My friend Dave has a book called superhuman you. Okay. Um, if you've ever read, um, like thinking grow rich secret law of attraction style books, yeah. there's a lot of that theme in that book, but it's done with the perspective of an old time strong man and literally breaking through your own chains <laughs> you know, like, because he, yeah. he'll do a feat where he actually does break chains. Literal and figurative. Yeah, exactly. And the book is a, it's a real quick read, but it's a fan. Th- I mean, there's so much content in there that people I think would overlook because the book is not that thick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gave it to a friend of mine and he skimmed over. It's like, yeah, it was a good book. And I'm like, man, you missed. It's like, did you really read you it? You missed 90% of that book. Go back yeah. and read that again. Yeah. And then he, and then he read it and goes, man, this is a great book. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite ones, uh, more recently, um, I, I think it's uh I think his name is Joe Vitell has one called uh, Anything Is Possible. Okay, that's another one kind of along those same lines. That's a great book as well. I love those. Actually, Dave just sent me a copy of it. Um, so that you know it was very nice of him. Um, and then as far as podcasts I listen to, um, I'm gonna plug some friends of mine real quick. Uh, the the <laughs> the Hoosier Sophisticate. <laughs> <laughs> Please, do um, tell. I love those guys. They uh, if. Man, to sum it up, they're they're probably the closest thing in the Midwest to like a Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, where are they at? Um, they're actually right down in uh, St. Louis. Um, they broadcast, I know, every Friday at seven. Yeah, Friday at seven. And um, you know their their website has or their website and their Facebook page has a bunch of stuff going on all the times. Um, they do great get-togethers. Um, also, anybody that's in the uh, the cannabis world, they do a lot of news as far as what's up and coming in the yeah. industry as well. Um, but they talk a lot about the health benefits of it as well. Not just like, you know, it's not, it's not a bunch of stoners just sitting around just like, yeah, man, brownies yeah. and what? No, they're, they're very, very intelligent people. And yeah. 
they're very hip on what's going on in the world, the industry, the politics behind it, yeah. what people can look forward to, how they can get involved. Um, and they've been doing a lot of community outreach stuff lately, helping um, helping members of their community. Uh, so they do some great things. And, uh, yeah, I, I love those guys. I'm actually starting to work with them and do some personal training with those guys as well. Oh, nice. Um, so they're good friends. Um, yeah, those are those are two podcasts right there. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, I mean, I am a sucker for Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, well, we mentioned, um, I mean, Joe Rogan, Jocko. We mentioned Jocko. Jocko, earlier. yeah, I almost forgot about Jocko. Jocko yeah. I listen to quite often as well. That's, that's probably the one where, like, uh, I – I listen to Jocko's whole podcast because they're like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours long. Joe sometimes gets tough because they're like two, three-hour podcasts. you got to break those up into like you know two, three days sometimes. Yeah, I really cherry-pick his as well just because he has I so many different types of people, and I only have so much time to listen these days. I like the fact that he started doing the, 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 Joe, the Joe Rogan Experience clips. Like it has its own YouTube channel just dedicated to clips of the show that were like, hey, this little 15-minute blurb was worth it. Yeah. Here's this little 15-minute. So I can kind of cherry-pick that that way. Jocko has a lot of the same stuff too, and that's where like – you know, some of my motivation, some of my mindset stuff comes more from there. Yeah. Um, Rogan just has some, like, just pe- this really fascinating people on there. Right, um, right. And that's where I get a kick out of there. But, yeah, that's – those are probably some of my favorite podcasts, the the Hoosier Sophisticate, Rogan, and Jocko. Nice, nice. I'll put those in the show, like, show notes yeah, for absolutely. people to link to so they can check those out. Because those are – I mean, I don't listen to a ton of Jocko's um, mm-hmm. of his podcast. I've listened to some of it. Um but I, I love listening to him speak. Sometimes I like to hear oh, yeah. other people be like, uh, for I like to hear other people be interviewed by a certain person. Yeah, it's it's better to hear them talk to a certain person than it is to like just to hear them talk. Not I to agree. say that's with Jocko, but yeah, I think of uh, more in particular like Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Like, yeah. she's a wealth of knowledge. <clears throat> right. I'm not a big fan of her podcast. I think it's. But you like hearing her on. I like hearing else's. her talk yes. to Joe or to like. I think maybe she had Tim Ferriss. And I don't know. Tim Ferriss is another good one too. He's another good one, yeah. Um, but it's just whenever she's presenting information to somebody, as mm-hmm. opposed to just like spitting information out over the mic, it's mm-hmm. just a little bit easier to digest. Yeah, I think so. I, and I also think it helps when you have somebody to kind of pull the reins in a little bit and yeah. kind of like guide where that conversation goes to a degree. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, maybe I had a question. And like, if Joe had the question, or like, and then she, he'll ask it right there. He'll ask it right yeah. there. You know what I mean? So it's just a little bit easier to like handle the information. I guess yeah. is just what I mean. I, I like that that information kind of gets disseminated out that way. That yeah. kind of makes things a lot easier. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, I'll put those in the show notes, and then obviously, I mean, I'm gonna plug them. I do it all the time. But yeah, the MFCEO project. Andy oh Frizzella, yeah, that's a good one. One of my favorite ones, just for like just business and just like mindset. I wonder if you like, get Andy on here, dude. I'm working on it. I have <laughs> I have a hit list in the city. Yeah. Like, and uh, do we have some really big people in the yeah. city? And I have a fucking, I definitely have a list of them, and uh, I'm slowly getting to them. Yes. I really am. So, yes, yes. cool, man. I will not take any more of your time. Oh, no, man. It was great. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. Much appreciated. Thank you.